What is up, everyone? This is Press X to Start, Season 6, Episode 4. Happy Black History Month. We did it. Just, just amazing, you know, every year, every year. Are, are we free now? What are we celebrating? Uh, next year, next year, you know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Press X to Start podcast is an audio and video podcast seeking to transform the video game media landscape through an underserved and protected point of view. I am your host, DJ, a.k.a. Sexy Bad Choices, a.k.a. Do you know who Gerald Jerry Lawson? Do you know who that is? Do you know who that is, Marcus? I know who Gerald LaVert is. <laughs> I know who uh, Jerry the King Lawler is. <laughs> I promise you he's not as famous <laughs> as Jerry. Lawson is. I'll tell you guys who Jerry Lawson is. He is a black inventor. He's also a self-taught engineer. With his work on the Fairchild Channel F console, Jerry was the first to innovate the use of interchangeable cartridges in consumer gaming consoles. So essentially with his work, he changed the landscape of the game industry that we know today. But unfortunately, his contributions essentially to the industry kind of goes unrecognized. And, you know, Black History Month, so we got to put our people up and, and get people knowing this man and what he did for us. Thank you, Jerry. You're right. PlayStation wouldn't be the PlayStation without Mr. Lawson's contributions to the PlayStation. See what I did there? Who else is here? I am your heavyweight champion from Witch Nigga Wood, California, a.k.a. the janitor because it be watching niggas, a.k.a. fuck Joe Rogan and everybody that love him. Hey! Marcus Ellison. Wow, that's a hot take. I am Sean M.F. Ross. What did MF stand for? King Boji. King Bo- <laughs> Oh, Oh, I see what he did there. And apparently this Boji guy can beat Goku, right? He beat the dog shit out of Goku. Oh, oh some people not gonna like that. <laughs> Run up, get done up. Who was that person that just waved? That was Wavery. (laughs) Wavery? (laughs) Wavery. (laughs) Am I the only one that think of which is a Waverly place? Am I am I the only one? Am I the only one? It's it's Wizards. It's Wizards of Waverly. Is it Wizards? Yes. What the fuck was I watching? You was watching the bootleg on your game cast. (laughs) The porn parody. Was there was there sex in that, right? There was sex in there. They were all siblings. They're all siblings on the Disney Channel. So it was set in the South, is what you're saying. There's a one there's a there's a whole category for that on Pornhub, Mike. No, 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 no. They're all steps. It's it's, (laughs) no relation. Step brother, I'm stuck. (laughs) Anyway. <laughs> oh man. If you ain't know, this is Press X Star Podcast. And uh, you know, this is some of the stuff that we talk about off air. This stuff was having to be caught on air. Uh if you want to hear more from us, you, you can check out our stuff. You can you can watch our content. Um, I don't really know where I'm going with this, but uh if you if you are watching this on YouTube, just do us a favor and hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and then that notification bell. Because with those three things, you too can become Captain Planet. Right. Captain Press X. All right, cool. Captain Press X. 
I'll try my best to keep it together. <laughs> All right. On this podcast, in this podcast, the things we'll be talking about, the highlights. Uh, Sony buys Bungie's Destiny and Bungie as a whole for $3.6 billion. That's going to be the heavy hitter. Uh, GTA 6 has been officially confirmed and no one is surprised. Capcom gets barrels and barrels of money from uh, like a Saudi prince or something like that. It's wild. It's just wild. And then there will be (laughs) there will be early impressions from Pokemon Legends Aquarius or Racist or Atreus. Atreus. (laughs) Oi, get in the ball. (laughs) You're a Pokemon boy. Oh my gosh. Atreus, Atreus. <laughs> Atreus use cutthroat. <laughs> Atreus, Atreus, Atreus. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, with with that being said, and, and our introduction's done, and you know who we be, um, let us go ahead and jump to the quick hits. <laughs> Number one. This comes from Games Radar, Sam Loveridge. That is a great name. Loveridge? Loveridge. All right. GTA 6 News, official Rockstar updates, and all the rumors. We're not going to talk about the rumors because they don't care about the rumors. Anyways, um, Rockstar made it official. They came out and they said, we are pleased to confirm the active development of the next entry in the Grand Theft Auto series is well underway. So, of course, that gets people thinking. When is this game coming out? When do you guys think this is coming out? 2025. 2025. I 2025 sounds good. It makes sense. But it depends on how long have this been in development? That's the question. Because if, if this is just their announcement, hey, we are in development now. Developers come work for us. I'm like, this is a 2026, 2027 thing. But this has been out. Uh, we've been working on this for a while now. 2025 makes sense. You think so? I was going to go ahead and say that. I think we might see this next year. You're, <laughs> fucking, you're fucking crazy. You're on crack. Here's okay, uh, uh, Sean. Do you, you you have any thoughts on this? When, when's I was just gonna say, hopefully they were targeting high specs, and uh, this actually looks like a next gen game, and not just a really really good PS4 game. Okay, okay. I I, I agree with all those things. I hope that is the case. Uh, well, uh, okay, so that's a different tangent. Conceivably, per Sean's thing, the PS5 version of Grand Theft Auto that they're releasing this year is probably a test bed of them working on the tech for the next-gen version of those games. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> oh, you know what? Okay, I definitely forgot about the next-gen upgrade, so I, I guess we're, we're in 2022, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess, okay, I would say 2024 then, because that gives them a year and sometimes to pilot. So I guess the, the reason why I, I don't think that it's as far off as like 2025 is because they're saying that it's well underway and they're not positioning this, as you said, Avery, they're not positioning this to attract people to come to Rockstar and help make this game. So I don't think it's a thing where they're just starting development. And I mean, they also say it's, it's well underway. So they've definitely been working on this. So I just, I feel like I, I hope that it's a lot closer than 2025. Where y'all think it's going to be? Uh, well, that, that's just us speculating on the rumors and stuff, because there have been a lot of them. Fair enough. That's true. I was looking at how long it took to make Red Dead. Oh. 
that would be like, oh, like the well in the wave. What does that mean? Because well in the wave with Red Dead was like this many years of development. True, true. It took them eight years to make Red Dead 2. Mm. Eight years to make Red Dead 2? And Red Dead 2 conceivably came in at, when did Red Dead 2 come out? Like two years ago? Wait. No, no, more than that. Uh, we- <laughs> yo, COVID done fucked up everything. <laughs> Red, yeah. Dead, Red Dead 2 came out in 20, 2018. 18, so right? Yeah, okay. Four years ago. So in the yeah. bare minimum, they started working on this game after Red Dead 2. And they wanted to be as an expansive a GTA experience. Yeah. What you're saying is, oh, they, they made it in five. Which is possible. Yeah. But this game also has to live in a Red Dead uh, GTA online type of world. So it can't just be like yeah. a simple city. And I'm not considering like the toll that COVID had on development times too. So 2025 makes sense. Okay. You've convinced me. Um, all right. Number two. This comes from IGN's Joe Scrubbles. Avery, do you know who Joe Scrubbles is? No, I believe he's a made-up name that just the IGN UK guys use when they want to release news without uh, compromising themselves. I agree with that. I, I believe that. All right. Uh, apparently, Pokemon Acrius, Aquarius, Aracist? Arceus. Arceus. There you go. It's selling faster than mainline Switch Pokemon games. So this is actually kind of weird. This is not weird. This is crazy. This is, this is very crazy. Um... I will go on record in saying that um, pretty much 80% of the Pokemon Legends footage they put out, I was not for it. I thought it just looked bad. I was not really um, sold on the fact of, okay, so there's no gym battle, so you're just going to be catching Pokemon. I'm like, how are they going to make that fun? I'll be talking about my impressions later on in our What We've Been Playing section, and they've done a pretty good job of making catching pokemon fun and it's crazy how i was playing the game i'm just like these people are are wizards like i don't understand how they managed to pull this one off um the game still doesn't look great but i can totally understand how this is scoring so well um so good on them they 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 made another one they made another one that's that's doing great were you planning on picking this up sean or are you still kind of undecided I'm undecided. Um, okay. Let's yeah. see how much of my time, uh, how quickly I get done with Horizon and all mm-hmm. that. And yep. Elden Ring. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I totally see this as being a game you could pick up like early March kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It'll be the same price because it's Nintendo. But because um, like March is just uh, her, uh, Forspoken, right? But isn't that like the end of March? Forspoken is May. Is it May? Oh, it- I got pushed back. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Okay. All right. I don't know if it was pushed back, but I know it was. I don't, was, I don't think it was pushed back. Oh, it was always made. Okay. I thought it was March for some reason. Okay. Um, yeah. It's it's definitely a game that I think um, I think for sure, Sean, you should try. Uh, yeah. Avery, I also think you should try. Like I was telling Shreed about um, your feelings on Pokemon, and Shreed was like, Avery should really try this game. <laughs> and I was like, Yay. To clarify my stance on this game, I think when we first saw it, I was super excited for it because I I assumed it was going to be much more than it actually turned out to be. I thought it was going to be like a super serious Pokemon story with a story focus inside of a thing. Based on all reports I've heard after that, it's not really. I don't play my Switch a lot. 
uh, when Nintendo isn't releasing their big first-party games on it, I don't really give a shit about playing them on my Switch, so my Switch doesn't see a lot of use, so it takes a lot to get me into playing on the Switch, and because of the fact that the Switch is primarily in a handheld device, I never play it handheld, and what ends up happening is a, a big game comes out, I play it for the first couple days, and I just forget about it, because... Well, my first instinct when I want to play video games is to turn on my PS5 and mauled about games on my right. PS5. And ignoring the fact that I have four or five big Nintendo games on my Switch that I was super into and just can't be bothered to get back to because that requires me to turn on my Switch. So, that's yeah. a bit... I never finished Super Mario or Paper Mario or whatever the hell. Yeah. That's... Oh, that did come out, yeah. That's the first barrier this game has. And then the second barrier is that, like... I am someone who loves the traditional Pokemon experience. I was excited for this game as something that was going to be different than the traditional Pokemon experience, but as no one has told me like a compelling narrative reason why I should give it a chance, it's not immediately jumped onto, oh, I need to play this game right now. Because like I don't find the world, it's even though I love the Sinnoh region or the Hisui region as it is in the past, I don't find like the world interested. And then catching Pokemon has never been my favorite part of Pokemon. Like I'm a dude who has six Pokemon, and I played with those six Pokemon the entire game. That's yeah, me. Much. So like, I was never a Pokemon Go friends. So like catching Pokemon has never been my my back. I we can jump to the next thing, but before we do that, I will just say that I am totally on the same page as you, Avery, in terms of catching Pokemon was never something I enjoyed. The only time where I really pursued completing the Pokedex was in the first generation. And I think they do a very good job of making catching Pokemon fun. And it's it's way more engaging to the point where in this, I actually do enjoy just catching Pokemon. I mean, you know, it's kind of the main thing you do. But like, I will say like the, the caveat is that I am still in the honeymoon phase of this, but it does do a really good job of making Pokemon catching enjoyable. Number three, this comes from VGC's Chris Schoolian. Sure. All right. So uh, Saudi Arabia has bought $1 billion of Capcom and Nexon in terms of their stocks. That so, oil money is a motherfucker, boy. Boy. So, oil and actually, slave money. Not wrong. Not wrong. <laughs> not in wrong February, there. my brother. In February. <laughs> Hey, hey, they need liberation, too. Where's your hat, Sean? Where's your hat, nigga? You right. (laughs) (laughs) Almost, almost. (laughs) All right. um, So Bloomberg Bloomberg reports that the nation's public investment fund has been used to invest stakes for more than 5% uh, in both Capcom and Nexon. Uh, this is the latest in a series of investments in video games and esport companies that Saudi Arabia has been making in recent years. So back in December 2020, the fund acquired over three billion worth of stocks in Activision Blizzard, Electronic Arts, and Take Two. So essentially, they are investing in Capcom and Nexon with the hopes that it gets bought up by another company, and then they'll just sell off their their shares and make money off of it. That's kind of their their whole goal with this. That was their whole goal with the Activision Blizzard EA and Take-Two stuff. So the other side to this is I actually heard this from, I want to say the Jeff Grubb podcast, is that the public investment fund is 
private, right? If it was public, it would probably be the like biggest quote unquote company in the world. Like it's worth trillions of dollars. Mm-hmm. It's it's so wild. It's so wild. Number four. This comes from comicbook.com. I mean, Go ahead. I, I have something to say because we me and Sean talked about this in our group chat when the notes posted. Mm-hmm. There is either them trying to make a actual like weird cultural based like jump into the industry of video games as it becomes as a huge industry. Sort yeah. of like how China's influence has now affected uh, yeah. Western uh, filmmaking. It's sort of like in that type of situation, this could be one of those. Or to that point about their investing in Activision Blizzard, they made money off of this Microsoft deal. A shit mm-hmm. ton of money. Yep. So yep. this is easily them conceivably looking at the tea leaves and saying, let's make more investments in other third-party publishers so that when the wars begin, we will make money off of the back of this thing. Yeah. We'll be making money regardless who gets bought out in the end, essentially. Um, again, we're getting a bunch of these acquisition newses. Newses? We're getting a bunch of acquisition news like back-to-back, and that's just because money is... It's better to spend the money now than later, especially with now that uh, Activision Blizzard got bought out, now that Bungie got bought out, the other industries are going to be more valuable because they see how much that studio went for or that publisher went for. And they're like, oh, well, we can always compare our stuff with that. So that means that this is how much we should cost. So you yeah, I think it in. may be wise to invest in the companies left over just a couple hundred dollars here or there. Yeah, if you no. got it. You never know. Could be a good investment. Number four. This comes from comic book. Wait a minute. Wait, didn't I just say that? Comic book. Number five. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. We didn't. We didn't do number four. It is. It's number four. Um, Comicbook.com. Logan Moore. Naughty Dogs. Neil Druckmann confirms development of three new games. So from what we know and from rumors, the first game is Factions. Last of Us Factions. Uh, the second game is reported to be a remake of the original Last of Us for PS5. And the last game is a mystery. Marcus, what you want that last game to be? Um, I'm between three things. That sounds like a that sounds like an orgy. One, obviously, Last of Us Part Three. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> oh, you mean not people? Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> if only. Last, okay. Um, yeah, Last of Us Part Three. Um, two, a Uncharted game that centered around Cassie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or three. Their first new IP in a long ass time. Jack and Daxter. I get you. Totally get you. Because <laughs> I, I think just with the amount of pedigree, cachet, and accolades that they've built as a studio over the last decade, I think that a new IP from Naughty Dog would be extremely exciting. Um, yeah. And it'd be very interesting to see where they would go with it. They, uh, I think like it'd be the- kind of cool. Hmm? I think the rumor was they were trying to make a spy game at some point. I'd be with it. Like, as it's well documented on this podcast, I will go wherever Naughty Dog wants me to go at this point because they have not steered me wrong yet. So, mm-hmm. yeah, either way, whatever they're cooking up for the next three games, I'll be there for it. All right. Anyone else got any other ideas for what, what uh, Naughty Dog can be making on that third game? 
Marcus's thoughts pretty much align with me. I don't think we're going to get a Last of Us Part 3 as their brand new game, considering they're working on the Last of Us remake. And I do think there is a thing of oversaturation of there might be a bit too much Last of Us going on for a bit. Mm. They need to let that breathe. They need to let the feelings of Last of Us 2 settle a bit with people to get them ready for a 3. I would love an Uncharted 3. I think that would be... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm an Uncharted 5, I guess. And I would love yeah. the Cassie Drake story. Uh... Or it could be more in line of a Lost Legacy and more Nadine and Chloe stories of a smaller variety. That's a possibility. And like number three, a brand new IP, I'm also down with it. Like I'm with Marcus. They are, I still think Naughty Dog is still the best developer pound for pound in the entire industry. And so I would be 100% down without question if Druckmann and Co. can give me a brand new story to care about. Our brothers, the path forward is clear. <laughs> the next game is going to be Last of Us Kart Racing. <laughs> I believe that, but then Uncharted 4 was an Uncharted Kart Racer. Even though there is a car in Uncharted 4, it's not a kart racer, so they broke that. They broke that. It'd just be Dirt 4 with like Last of Us players as the driver. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> I don't know why imagine. I thought. Abby's biceps just popping out the side of the car as you're driving. Just punching somebody on the other side. She throws things extra farther. I like thought Sean was going to say Shinmu. I don't know why, but I just I don't know. It's clear that Sega owns that. <laughs> and I mean, Square has, you know, Parasite Eve. So, I mean, where else could they go but up? You're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You know, there's no other choice other than a kart racer. All right. Number five. This comes from Games Radar. Jordan Gerblick. Gerblick? Gerblick. Oh, Microsoft Gaming CEO Phil Spencer to receive AIAS Lifetime Achievement Award. Congratulations, Phil. Uh, according to AIAS, the Lifetime Achievement Award is reserved for people who accomplishments span a broad range of disciplines over a lengthy career in the industry. Um. This is Phil Spencer's quote uh, about uh, receiving this award or being acknowledged that he's going to receive the award. The people we work with are the most important part of any progress. Uh, This is so true for me, not only members of Team Xbox, but players, partners, and other platform holders have all helped me learn, grow, and realize the opportunity we have. Thank you. That's awesome. Um, I totally feel like he deserves this. Yeah, it's well-deserved. Yeah. Like Xbox was in a bad way and Phil stepped up and he was just like, I'm do it. I'm gonna do it. And he made it. He made it happen. So congratulations. All right. Uh, the last quick hit. This comes from CNBC. Arjun Karpal. I think I, think, I hope I got that. Um, $25 billion wiped off of Sony's this year as chip crunch hits PlayStation 5 and the competition heats up. So as, as the title says, essentially $25 billion has been wiped off of Sony. So they've, they've had to um, reconfigure their estimates for how much PS5s they're going to get out. And essentially COVID has been a nightmare for them. Mm-hmm. And it is what it is. All right. Well, that has been our quick hits. And before we jump off to the heavy hitter, we have a word from our sponsor. It's us. We're doing the sponsor here? Sure. I mean. Okay. Yeah. Sponsor us, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. Have you been enjoying this episode so far? 
Would you like to make sure you keep getting the best last news reviews and all things video games? Then we need your help. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our show. And if you have, share it with your friends, your family, frenemies, people down the street. Every little bit helps. To see what we're up to throughout the week, follow us on on either Facebook and Instagram at PressX the number two start, on Twitter at PressX number two S, and on YouTube at PressX to start TV. If you've done this, many thanks. You're one of the good ones. And now it is time for the heavy hitter. <laughs> Apparently, Sony has bought Bungie. Uh, the deal is struck for $6.3 billion. We're taking this from Matt Kim. Uh, turn that around, my guy. What did I say? $3.6 billion. Oh, did I say six? You said, yes, you did. Yikes. Transposing. I hate it. All right. Yes. As, as Sean corrected me, it is $3.6 billion. So Sony Entertainment of America. No. <laughs> Sony Interactive Entertainment has announced it will acquire Destiny's but. Destiny developer Bungie for three point six billion dollars. I, you know, you know, <sighs> no, all the time, no. <laughs> Sometimes, yes. <laughs> so, GameIndustries.biz reports that following the deal, Bungie will be run as an independent subsidiary of SIE and will remain a multi-platform studio with the option to self-publish and reach players where they choose to play. That's an interesting quote. Um, it's one of those things where a lot of people will when they first heard this, they were like, oh, well, obviously Destiny is going to be um, exclusive to PlayStation. And then this quote was put out and people were like, oh, I, I, that's a weird move by Sony. Sony's never willing to play ball like this. But it seems that Sony was after more than just Destiny. So uh, these are a couple comments from Jim Ryan. We've had a strong partnership with Bungie since the inception of the Destiny franchise, and I couldn't be more thrilled to officially welcome the studio to the PlayStation family. I want to be very clear to the community that Bungie will remain an independent and multi-platform studio and publisher. Bungie will sit alongside the PlayStation Studios organization where the two groups will collaborate. So essentially, this this next line is what PlayStation's... um, purpose was grabbing Bungie. Mm-hmm. PlayStation Studios will also gain access to Bungie's pro- proprietary. proprietary. There you go. I always, always mess that word up. Uh, the proprietary tools which can be used for PlayStation Studios teams, according to the blog. So, I believe this news broke and then sometime later the news broke about um, PlayStation making 10 games of service game between... I- 2026, I think they said. Yeah, yeah. So it, it makes sense. It's like, okay, well, they bought Bungie for the people there and not necessarily for the properties that they own. And to reinforce that, uh, this next article comes from Kotaku's Ethan Gotch, where Sony is spending $1.2 billion to keep Destiny 2 devs from leaving. So That's approximately... Cool. Yeah, yeah, that is... Appro- I, no, but, uh, approximately one third of the three point six billion acquisition or billion dollar acquisition consideration consists primarily of deferred payments to employee shareholders conditional upon their continued employment and other retention incentives. So go ahead, uh, Avery. When we talked about the Microsoft acquisitions, I made a comment about how it made me sick to my stomach in regards to the corporate consolidation. 
I still feel this way in regards to the Sony acquisition of Bungie in the great landscape of this is just going to be an escalating war of who has more money to spend on consolidating the industry for their subscription service, which is the future of fucking. That being right. said, this part about them, because like the, another argument afterwards was I think a couple of articles from people are like, did Sony overpay for Bungie? And in the context of they're spending an extra billion dollars to keep developers, no. This is fantastic. No. Like, if, yeah, if like, like, this is fantastic. This is not only the studio getting what they're worth uh, and getting future funding to be safer as, as essentially an organization, it's developers who made them this valuable and who are still there getting uh, yeah. rewarded for their time and effort. That being said, right. we, we won't know how the breakdown of this money is going because like, that's like a million per person. I don't think we're going to get a million per person, but the macro of it all is really cool. Yeah, definitely. I just did a quick little search. Uh, there are... This is this is from Wikipedia. There are nine hundred plus employees at Bungie. That's mm. that's wild. Yeah, it, they're a big developer. Yeah, it, it's great to see that you know Sony is valuing their knowledge and their time, and you know is putting money towards them. So that's that's awesome. Um, before we jump into PlayStation Next move, there was something that uh, Jeff Grubb kind of said offhand, and that kind of got me thinking. Essentially. Sony buying Bungie could be considered antitrust, whereas Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard in a, in a way could not be considered antitrust. So the, the point that he was making is that uh, I think even in one of the articles and one of the news stories, um, I think Microsoft made a statement saying that, yeah, even with us buying Activision Blizzard, we're still in third place in terms of uh, the game industry market share. So mm. I believe Sony is number one. Yes. Tencent well, number two, I think. No, Tencent is number one. Sony is number Tencent two. Number okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, Tencent is Tencent is huge. Tencent is a problem. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah. a problem. Yeah. But um, yeah. Essentially, the argument was that because Sony is buying a Bungie, but although I think it's cleared up because Bungie is going to be "quote unquote" independent. Um, I don't. You know. Go ahead. Oh, the argument that Microsoft is going to be third in market share with the sale is one of those arguments of woe is me kind of thing. When, mm. like, I think the difference between Sony and Microsoft market share is that for the most part, Sony got that market share by just being good, being, yeah, business as usual. Yeah. My, that's Microsoft, true. That's true. Microsoft bought the number four on the market share. That's true. That's true. <laughs> like, like when you do the pie chart of their companies, you can't tell me that <laughs> Microsoft isn't a more dominant force with the amount of studios that they have under their belt. Yeah, no, I, I think that's where it gets confusing because yes, by number of studios, it, it would seem like that would be kind of considered antitrust because they've got a bunch of studios, but Not I think- Another publisher. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think the, the conversation though is just looking at it from a money perspective and using that to determine is this considered antitrust anyways i thought it was interesting i don't know i don't i don't know too much about that but yeah i don't know enough about corporate law corporate antitrust situation and i I will be shocked if the 3.6 million is considered antitrust and the 60 nearly 70 billion is (laughs) 
Uh, I guess we got to go storm some person's house because this is some bullshit. (laughs) 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 All right, let's get into PlayStation's next move. So this comes from uh, the inverse from Hayes Madsen. Madsen? Hayes Madsen? We'll do that. Mm -hmm. All right. Essentially, Sony has said that they'll be producing 10 live service games. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, okay, well, that's what they're going to be using the proprietary tools from Destiny to, you know, pump these games out or pump these games up to get out and hopefully be good. So out of the 10, we have a couple that are confirmed. We have some rumored and some speculation. Again, this is coming from the Inverse article. I'm just going to read these real quick and then we kind of just talk about them as a whole. So the first game that's confirmed is Bungie's new IP. They mentioned that in the whole story about them being acquired or being purchased. Um, The second game confirmed is The Last of Us Factions. Uh, The third game confirmed is a new AAA multiplayer game by Firewalk Studios. The fourth is an online game from PlayStation London Studios. That studio is the studio that made Blood and Truth. That's the VR studio. Um... Ooh, fifth title is a multiplayer title from Deviation Games. They were also recently purchased by PlayStation. Uh, the sixth multiplayer game is from no, Jade Raymond's. Uh, PlayStation doesn't own Deviation. They're partnering with them. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the sixth is a multiplayer title from Jade Raymond's Haven Studios. That's a partnership too, right? Yes. Okay. Um, the seventh is a rumored game. The Twisted Metal by Fire Sprite. It was originally with the Destruction All-Stars devs, but that got moved off of them. That's unfortunate for them, because that game is literally Twisted Metal. Um, The eighth rumored game is an Insomniac multiplayer game. The actual screenshot for this was from Sunset Overdrive, so that could be interesting if they're going to be using that as a base for a multiplayer game. I, I didn't play Sunset Overdrive, but I wanted to play it. Sunset Overdrive is one of those games where like you had to be there at the time because straight up mm. I bought it for PC ages ago played like an hour of it and I'm like wow this is an old game oh. <laughs> <laughs> alright uh, number 9 is in the speculation territory uh, basically they're, they're thinking possibly a Ghost of Tsushima Legends 2 which is by Sucker Punch that'd be cool I'll be down for that I still need to play that uh, Iki Island DLC I haven't, I haven't gotten around to doing that yet it was pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the last game is a Horizon multiplayer game by Gorilla. So these are 10 games that they're possibly thinking of. Go ahead, Avery. Oh, no, I just wanted to add the Bungie's new IP thing. Yeah. We didn't really get much to actually talk about the bare bones part of the Sony by Bungie deal before we moved on mm-hmm. to what PlayStation's next move was. But I found that the PlayStation and Bungie statements about what the relation would be would be very clear about the language of it is. However, there is one part that I do find a little bit of corporate wiggle room is that mm-hmm. Bungie has the option for multi-platform after that. Yeah. Which yeah. indicates to me that their new IP will be PlayStation exclusive. Yeah. Unless Bungie can convince PlayStation that it would be the best for the new IP to be multi-platform. Absolutely. I, I, I read that as well. I read that in the same way that you are in, in terms of like, yeah, Bungie, they can totally self-publish something. We're not going to put any money into that. That's going to be completely on them. If they want to publish on PlayStation, we got you. So it is a thing of like, I definitely think the next IP is going to be a PlayStation exclusive. And I don't see I don't see the reason 
I mean, I guess. Yeah. It, it, four, it depends. Four. It depends yeah. on if this is a multiplayer focused type of game. If it's a single player campaign with multiplayer yeah. type abilities, uh, going on PlayStation, that's totally fine. But if it's a multiplayer focused game, it would be in everyone's best interest to be multi-platform. That's good. Yeah, kind of like uh, the original Titanfall. I think being Xbox exclusive kind of killed this momentum, and everybody just overlooked Titanfall too. Oh, it was. It was. Uh, yeah, the first one is my Xbox exclusive. It also, doesn't have, no it also doesn't have a single player, so there's that as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Um. So yeah. So those are the games. Um. I I find this so fascinating, and I. <sighs> Because it's Sony, and I, I believe Sony is, you know, capable publisher, I definitely think that, all right, well, they're going to put these 10 games of services out. Like, that's that's great, but... I believe, yeah, I believe, I, I, yeah, I believe their exact wording was out by 2025. Okay, so it's 2025, yeah. Yeah, so it's not like, oh, next year we're getting 10 brand new multiplayer right, games. Right, 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 yeah. I just... I'm 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 super cautious. Like I'm optimistic, but I'm I'm more cautious than optimistic about this like slate because you know games of services games are difficult. Like we talked off air about Halo and how their numbers are dropping, and it's just you know you might get that bang when you come out like that first month, but after that, it's just like, do you have content? So I you know. Based off of PlayStation's um, acquisition, it does give me hopes that they are planning not only for release of these live service games, but after the fact, and like, you know, we have support studios to help produce contents for X, Y, and Z games for a number of months. And then I guess the next live service game, but yeah, that I don't know. It's one of those but, things where like multiplayer, ignoring my Apex Legends time. And my other foray in the multiplayer games of the service type of games, like nothing here really excites me. By announcing it as a live service sort of uh, multiplayer focused type of game, from a PlayStation consumer standpoint, this has been one of the things that we've been ringing the bells that Microsoft has always had that PlayStation didn't is that like had, had strong multiplayer games that can sell consoles that like Microsoft had with Halo and Gear. So this is great for them. This is a, this is great that they're going hard on that. I I was with you with the initial thought when I thought like this is this is what their plan was I had no time of reference of what they're going for but 2025 seemed reasonable enough my big thing is the cannibalization of content like we don't know what Spartacus is uh, I do think Spartacus is going to tie into what this stuff is because in my head we're just going to get Battlefield versus Titanfall again where they're going to launch these games out and they're all going to cannibalize each other and none of them are going to get yeah, a chance to grow. Yeah. Because I, without knowing a lot about what these studios are, I'm just going to assume that because they're multiplayer games, they're going to be shooters. They're going to be multiplayer shooters. And like you can only do so much before you're cannibalizing your own fucking thing. And yeah, like, right. I mean, like, Marcus, out of this list, does any of this appeal to you? Factions, maybe? Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, also, uh, Ghost of Shima Legends, too, if they do that. Um, yeah. yeah, it's not like I played it for that long, but when I did play it, it was pretty fun. But yeah, right. I mean, I probably out of everybody on this podcast, I'm the one that's least enamored or drawn in by the whole live service multiplayer thing. Like, I really just play multiplayer games every now and then because friends are playing them, but. 
I can't remember the last time I went out of my way. Or is it because you suck? Yeah. And then Sean, how about you? I said, is it because he sucks? He said, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, outside of, you know, Overwatch, because I'm good at that. But right. like in just most cases, it's just I, I can't remember the last time I went out of my way to um, seek out a multiplayer game just because I wanted to play it. So mm-hmm. most mm-hmm. of this stuff, it's, you know, I get why it's there. And also I get why the industry is making more and more efforts to put out things that are multiplayer focused, but it's just, it's not what I'm looking for. Okay. I see. And John, what you think about this list? Um, it does not excite me. <laughs> I, I, I got my fill granted. I know it's not the same thing, mm-hmm. but I got my fill of live service type shit with final fantasy. Fucking nerd. Okay. Yeah. I, one caveat. If the Horizon and multiplayer game is a monster uh, hunter game, that's the only thing Bruh. like I Bruh. that I'm like instantly like I'm 100 down because I play that game like Monster Hunter anyway. Yo, I, you know Avery, thank you for saying that because out of this entire list in my mind, I'm like I'm not gonna touch Last of Us Factions, the Bungie new IP. Why not? I don't. I I didn't like factions from. I didn't like the I first factions because he sucks. Mm, I, I just I, I have my own feelings about Last of Us gameplay. Except your fate. Except your fate, <laughs> you suck. <laughs> but um like I can I'm I'm pretty just like whatever about the Firewalk Studio stuff, the London Studio, Deviation Games, Jade uh Raymond Studio, the other fire or yeah, the Fire Sprite twist like the Fire Sprite Twist the Metal thing. I don't know why they're bringing it back to the Metal, but that's the personal thing. I mean, it could be fire. We'll see. Yeah, I guess. And then the Insomniac thing, I'm just like, okay, that's that could be interesting. Ghost of Shima Legends 2, I already know what that is. Um, the Horizon multiplayer thing, that was the one that I'm just like, what could that possibly be? And I just didn't think of Monster Hunter. Like, Microsoft made it clear that they're going to make a Monster Hunter game. This would be a great, like, competitor. Which we, a bit of news we didn't really talk about, but it's that's true. I'm angry about because they were making that game. It was called <laughs> Scalebound. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you canceled it. So, like, don't come and leave this energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, it's called Bound Scale. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, like. Oh, hunting monsters. Hunting <laughs> But, yeah, like, Gorilla making Horizon into a Monster Hunter game would be a fantastic multiplayer game. And on top of that, PlayStation can support multiplayer games. So I would love to see this because... yeah, mm, Let me take that back. I, I don't necessarily mean that PlayStation can support multiplayer games. I'm thinking PlayStation can give money to Gorilla to make a competent multiplayer game. I, I've, I had my issues with how Monster Hunter World's multiplayer works and i i didn't really like its setup but i understand that's just how it's kind of always been for that game so that is that anyways uh let's jump into the next sub bit of news so this comes from ign's joe scrubbles sony wants to help bungie turn its franchise into movies so this is obviously part of the conversation that most likely bungie and sony had in terms of um you know how Bungie could possibly use Sony to help them 
fulfill their their destiny. See what I did there? See what I did there? Uh, an interesting bit of all Ooh. this Sony and Bungie news is the sort of like sub news that like has been repeated over the years that like Microsoft's been trying to get Bungie back for ages. Mm-hmm. And like Microsoft didn't want to spend the money that Sony spent on Bungie. And then another feather in the hat of Sony is that they've got this entire picture business that no other studio has that allows them to funnel IP from video games to film easier. And like, I will say this. Yeah, yeah, I will say this. Bungie is not a good storytelling group, like at all. Like Mm. they can create an interesting world to tell games in, but uh, for the most part, telling a coherent and interesting story has never been their bad. They got a lot better of it when it comes to Destiny 2, but I can tell you Nothing shocked me more playing Destiny 2 for the first time and like DJ having to explain to me that, oh yeah, the ghost is the thing that brings you back to life. And I'm like, wait, yeah. what? And they're like, yeah, that's, 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 yeah. and I'm like, huh, never explained to me. It was never really a big thing about anything. Like if you play Destiny Vanilla 1, none of that was communicated to you. In the same way when I'm going back to the Halo days, the reason I love Halo isn't because of the Halo games, it's because of the Halo shit written around the Halo games that tells interesting stories in that universe, divorced from what the Halo ring is. Yeah, like just to go along uh, what Avery's saying, yeah, like Destiny, the lore is so expansive, it's so great, but what they tell you in the game is just like, it's bare bones, it's, it's confusing at times, and you just like but why don't you focus on the story about the worms? Mm. Like talk about the worms. Like that's crazy. And then they, they just, they don't do any of that stuff. And you're just like, what, 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 what are you guys doing? And like, that was my main issue with destiny one in terms of, okay, what's the next DLC content going to be? Like they, they have this in the lore. Are they going to talk about this? No, we just, we just going to do iron banner. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys doing? So we all know the movie's finna suck. Well, well, that's a possibility or it could be, completely bonkers great because they nah, definitely be like the first game where they'd be like we could tell you <laughs> right? about the history but, but instead look at these explosions combat. <laughs> I think, I think uh, the Destiny universe is unique and interesting enough that with the right storyteller trying to tell an interesting story you can do something with it I'm not going into this assuming that this is going to be fire like I'm assuming someone taking like the last of a TV show Look, all I'm saying is outside of Sonic the Hedgehog, for some inconceivable reason, most video game movies for the last three, four decades have been hot ass. So, well, Mortal Kombat. Most, I said most. (laughs) But I have no reason to think otherwise until there's more than like five video game movies that I can go and say like, oh, yeah, these were actually good movies. Mm-hmm. We're saying good because I'm about to say Street Fighter. Hey, we got uh, yeah, that excellent I mean, good. performance from Raul Julia. All right, and I will also give a shout out to the first Silent Hill film. Mm. Mm. I didn't watch it, you know, horror movie, but uh, I heard it was good. Heard it was good. Hey, hey Re- Resident Evil did their own thing and kind of made some competent movies. The first Resident uh, Evil movie is a legitimately competent movie. Uh, Anything uh, after that? <laughs> I, say, I saw that one. These plural, <laughs> plural shots. <laughs> All right. Well, just hopefully, Uncharted movie does decent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uncharted, Uncharted movie is going to be the test in terms of what PlayStation 
I don't know. If the Uncharted movie is bad, then just just throw the baby out with the bathwater because Uncharted is literally like you literally have the blueprint for how to make a good Uncharted movie by playing the games. I think, Marcus, I need this Uncharted movie to be good because if it isn't, that means Sony has to go back to their Spider-Man well. And let's just see what other dumb character they can throw out on the side. We're going to make a movie about this because that's all we have. Avery, you're not ready for Madam Web, the movie? No. You're not ready? You're not. Uh, you're not excited. For you. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. Okay. Let, let's just. Okay, let's move on. Hopefully, this inspires at the studios, and I can get me a uh, Parasite Eve movie and a Shenmue movie. There is a Parasite. Well, Eve. you ain't gonna get no goddamn Parasite Eve nothing. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! No, 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 no! no this is Black there. History Month. We should be supporting our kings. All right. There is. No, a yeah, Parasite. that's what I hope. I hope. I hope the best for you. <laughs> there, there is a Parasite Eve movie. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm talking show. about like a a Parasite Eve like blockbuster no, movie. Big budget. Yeah, it exists. Uh, Wait, it's, a, it's a '90s Japanese movie. There there you go, I'm talking Sean, about okay. American blockbuster movie. Oh fuck that! I don't want American blockbuster about Parasite <laughs> Eve. <laughs> don't worry, Sean. You'll get your Shinmu. It's starring The Rock. We already talked about this last episode. Okay, okay, okay. Enough of this movie talk. Uh, Push Square. This comes from Robert Ramsey. Jeff Keighley hints at more gaming acquisitions in 2022. So he's just saying that Sony's not done. You know, they, they're just warming up that engine. So that kind of goes along with this other headline from Tweaktown. Interesting title from uh, Derek Strickland. Cool name. Uh, Sony has 10 billion left to spend on acquisitions to 2023. Um, this is kind of what I was reading earlier about the numbers in the financial year 2021 to 2023. Essentially, uh, Sony or PlayStation said that they had a budget of 2 million yen, which is $17.4 billion for strategic investments, acquisitions and acquisitions and buyouts and share repurchases. And Sony has revealed it spent 85 billion yen, which is roughly 7.4 billion of its allocated budget, leaving 10 billion left for future purchases. So you know what that means? They're gonna buy Mihoyo. <laughs> I don't. Mihoyo made Genshin Impact. I, so I, here's the thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think that would be a good buy down the line, but strategically, it's not something they need right now. If that makes sense. So, I I I get what you're saying in terms of do they need to buy this right now to secure whatever? I think. Mohoyo is one thing. Genshin Impact, right? This is a game that I play and I'm just like, oh, this is cool or whatever. The game always amazes me about how big it actually is in terms of fan base, but it's just, it's dominating in like the Asian markets, right? We don't. Yeah, and that's why I don't think they need to buy it because Genshin isn't on Xbox. And I think one of the core core reasons it's not on Xbox is that. The Xbox hasn't historically sold very well oh, in man. Asian territories. Right. So I don't think there's much Microsoft can do about acquiring it right now. Right. It, yeah. So my thing is like, I think in terms of buying Mahoyo, this would be a purchase of them. I, I don't, in terms of money, I don't know. Maybe, maybe like they spend one or $2 billion of the 7.4 to capture Mahoyo and they just let them do what they're doing and just make that money back because Genshin is a game that is not slowing down. It's only getting bigger. And I also don't think they can afford Mahoyo. 
You don't think so? Well, no, I think the t- total assets worth Nahoyo is like two fifty million, which seems reasonable. But like they made ten point one billion in revenue last year. True. True. So like that's wow. more than I think Sony can well conceivably spend. And I yeah. think that for me, in regards to what Sony's next moves are, there are two paths. There can be the let's find small developers, small studios that we work with and do what we've been doing consistently, which can work. But if Microsoft is going to continue just throwing billions of dollars down to just acquire more and more of the video game uh, landscape, you can't you can't play small. You've got to take that 10 billion and you've got to make a statement. For me, it's like you take that money and you buy a Capcom or Square Enix. Mm. But I mean, like Square Enix, you can say the same conversation. Like Square Enix works almost exclusively with PlayStation. Yeah, but but Square Enix still has games on other platforms. You're essentially with Square Enix, you're essentially saying, hey, you Uh, people who like those games, you can't play on Xbox anymore. No Final Fantasy VII Remake 2 for you. And like in or the Strangers world, of Paradise, right? In the world of Game Pass, like, guess what? Microsoft has to tell its audience all these Final Fantasy games that we just, we made a big deal of getting on Game Pass. They're all just gone now. Oh, is there a lot of Final Fantasy games on Game Pass? I think I ended up making a deal earlier in the year of like Kingdom Hearts stuff and Final mm-hmm. Fantasy games on Game Pass ages ago. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I think Square Enix would be a good buy, but like, you are just kind of buying. Final Fantasy, right? No, we, we had this conversation ages ago. You, you aren't just buying Final Fantasy. You're buying, you're buying Eidos, so you're also buying uh, Tomb Raider right. and all of that. Yeah. And you're buying the list of Eidos IPs, and you're also buying Dragon Quest, which, let's, let's just say, is like, as much yeah, as we love Final Fantasy, that is a bigger franchise than Final Fantasy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess we'll, we'll see what happens in the future. I, I, I think, for me, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I see that, but you can also make the same argument is that like Dragon Quest, I mean, it's on Xbox, right? Yeah, all multi-platform games. And the thing is, the big thing people have been talking about with the Bethesda deal is that Microsoft wiped out Western RPGs from PlayStation consoles. Like the big Western RPGs that we all talk about, you're not getting them on uh, PlayStation anymore. They're they're all at Microsoft. You make this move and you pretty much wiped out a majority of the Eastern JRPGs from the Xbox catalog. Wait, so... Bioware games aren't coming to PlayStation anymore. Bi- no, Bioware. Bi- Bioware is fine. Yeah, they're they're EA. But like when people oh, okay. think of Western RPGs, they think of uh, Bethesda games like Fallout and Elder Scrolls. Yeah, yeah. What about like CD Projekt? CD who? CD Projekt Red. <laughs> they're Swedish, aren't they? Yeah, Mark. Yeah, Mark what you're saying? They're backed by the government. They ain't, yeah. they ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I guess I guess I'm mixing up like because you know we think Eastern we think JRPGs and Western I think I'm yeah, yeah. I was speaking in a bit of hyperbole with that but gotcha, the, gotcha, the gotcha. sentiment is that like the next big uh, Western RPG is Starfield we can't play that on PlayStation right got it gotcha yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, that's that it, you know we're gonna see what Sony does with this ten billion I mean they might just go to a strip club and just blow the whole thing and just be like yeah we got that money. <laughs> But we won't know until the future. Um, All right. So that has been our uh, heavy, heavy hitter. Now it is time for us to, you know, just just talk about the games we have been playing. I'm going to go first because, as I mentioned earlier in the cast, I have been getting some hands on with Pokemon uh, 12 Years of Racist. 
and I am thoroughly, <laughs> I'm thoroughly enjoying this game. <laughs> so what is it? It's Pokemon Acrius? Arceus. 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 This man said 12 years of racism. <laughs> so yeah, I'm having a good time with this game. Um, as I said earlier in the cast, uh, they made uh, Catching Pokemon the star of this game and they've done a lot of things around that to make it more interesting um in terms of the story i i'm about five or so hours into the game and not to ruin anything but pretty much from the trailers you start as a person you're thrown into this um past uh world of shino and you have to figure out why you're here what's going on and why the cloud formation uh, above this mountain all the way out in the distance looks very similar to the same kind of um, silhouette that was in Breath of the Wild. So uh, you're doing all that stuff. And it's, it's, it's a good game. It's a good game. It doesn't look great. And that's one of those things that looking at the game, I was just like, ah, I don't like the art style in this. This isn't amazing. Playing the game it's fine it's something that you get accustomed to the trees don't look great but they're serviceable they do what they need to do the pokemon they actually look pretty good you can tell that they put the the money into what the pokemon look like how, how, um, are, how are the like, animations for the pokemon they're good the animations they, like it's 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 a step it's about two steps above what was happening in uh sword and shield so when I, you, when I say when I, when I say animations, I don't mean how the Pokemon animate when they're idle. I mean how they animate when they're doing their individual moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. It's good. Like um, there wasn't anything that was just like, ah, that looks bad. Well, the only thing that looks bad is that when the Pokemon are out in the wild and you take like 20 steps away from them, their <laughs> their animation goes from like a cool 30 frames per second to like 15 and then, like, you get a situation where you're looking at a Rapidash and that joint is doing the robot, and you're like, what's happening oh, there? So, so you get. Much when you come by, they'd be like, oh, Master's coming, better put on the show. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, find so, it, um, I find it funny, DJ, that you are in this most auspicious of February's Black History Month, you are enjoying yourself playing a game about enslaving things. Hey, hey, you know what? It's uh, Marcus. It's Marcus. very interesting, brother. You fell for my trap card. They actually touch on that in the game. And I was just like, oh, wait, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about putting animals in the ball against their control. And (laughs) (laughs) I'm listening. So as you know, you're the main character. You come from the future where putting putting Pokemon balls are just completely acceptable thing to do. You from the future? Yeah. Like you, you, you're, you're a present day person. And you get thrown into the path for some weird reason. Wait, so is it an isekai where you do you get hit by by Truckcoon and then get sent to <laughs> fucking Pokemon Land? <laughs> you you don't you don't know exactly what happens to you. You just the screen starts and it's kind of black, and you, you get like a little text at the bottom that says some stuff. And it's then an isekai. You, you're dead. I guess. <laughs> you wake up on a beach. Interesting now. Yeah. So. Yeah, so you get some things and you're just like, what's going on here? And yeah, so in this setting, Pokemon are dangerous. Pokemon are not the friends that we know, like Pikachu, like Squirrel Squad, like, I mean, Charizard was, you know, willing to burn a house down. Anyways, so like when you're talking to people, they're just like, 
yeah, we don't fuck with Pokemon. Like they belong out there. They're outside animals. They don't belong inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really cool to see that kind of take from Pokemon because oftentimes you're just like, yeah, you know, Pokemon's are my best friend. I want to use them to conquer the world. Yeah. And then you have I'm not a racist. One of my best friends is a Pokemon. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, they do belong in balls, though. But um, you have (laughs) you have alpha Pokemon, which is is sort of like the like proto boss of the area. And when you see alpha Pokemon, they have the red eyes like in the ads and stuff. And if you get too close, they'll charge you. You can try to throw a Pokeball to catch them. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. And then once you try that, they will notice that you try to capture them and they don't like being imprisoned. And then they'll come over and properly just beat your ass. And, and then, so here's the thing in Pokemon Legends, right? If you lose your Pokemon, you know how you say you get to run away, right? You run away, but all that means is that you leave the battle. Your person is still there. And the Pokemon is still there pissed off. And in Legends, the Pokemon can attack the people. So you so can be on a rampage put, attacking people because you pissed it off, basically. No, you're just the only person around. So it's going to go rampage on you. <laughs> oh, that's stupid. So you have to like, if you run away from battle, your Pokemon will just be dead and your, your person there. And you just have to leave, essentially. Um, so, yeah, like I, I'm really enjoying my time with Pokemon. And Shereen, my wife, she's also playing it, too. She was actually fighting the um, Alpha Rapidash, and she noticed that it started raining in her game, and somehow, like, the Rapidash just died, and she got experience points. So, I need to test that, but it's possible that, like, the weather conditions actually affect the Pokemon you're fighting. She got experience points for murder? Hey, it's, it's, you know, the Wild Wild West of Pokemon, my guy. Um, so yeah, as I said, I'm only five hours in and I'm having a really good time with this game. It's, it's, I would recommend this game with the caveat that I acknowledge that I am still in the honeymoon phase of this Pokemon game. And, you know, it could be hour 10, hour 15. I'm just like, I'm tired of catching Pokemon. I think they do a really good job of giving you checklists to fill out in the Pokedex. So it's like have this Pokemon use a particular move a number of times, um, capture the Pokemon a number of times, um, feed this Pokemon some food, uh, uh, catch it while it's not um, aware of your like presence or something like that. So they give you things to do for different Pokemons and it makes it more interesting. It is very, it kind of reminds me of if Ubisoft made a Pokemon game in a way where like, it is just like, oh, do these things. You check these boxes off and you do more things, check more boxes off and you just you just keep that loop going. I think they did a really good job with that loop. And I am I'm going to try and beat this before um, Elden Ring comes out. And next week is going to be my challenge because Sifu is going to come out all this game. So I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do in my life. But yeah, have a great time. I would recommend it. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just biding my time until new games come out, so I'm BSing around in Apex Legends. And uh, because my baby likes to wake up at random times while I'm playing and I'm trying to play ranked, I, I hate dropping out of matches with Apex mm-hmm. because you got other people depending on you. Mm-hmm. So my since I have finished with uh, Spelunky, Hades, all that good stuff, I've been kind of dabbling in Dirt 5. 
Oh. And uh, I just put it on very easy mode because uh, I don't want to be racing these races more than once. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to totally see if get I can get the platinum in this, though. Curious if I can do it in very easy mode. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Markish. Uh, well, actually, same old, same old. Oh. oh, yeah, go ahead. I, I, go ahead. Y'all play Apex together, right? Uh, yeah, we were able to get uh, one session of us playing together as a trio in the first session. I'm, I'm in a weird period of my life with Apex in that, like, I think from a game sense standpoint, I've gotten to my peak. We're like, if you ask me to call an end zone off first circle, I got you. You got me with like rotates to get to that end zone. I got you. You want power position? I got you. I could do all that. The issue is always going to be my raw mechanics playing that game. And so there are two versions of Avery now who plays that game. There's Avery where I'm trying to IGL. I'm trying to see, let's get to this end game. Let's hold this position. Know the other teams are. I'm do all that. And one of the matches we played was that where we on Storm Point with the three of us, uh, we weren't playing an ideal comp, but I was trolling. So it was Watson, uh, Lifeline, and Bloodhound. And I called end zone. We sat in end zone for 10 minutes. The other team decided to fight <laughs> on the other side of a ridge. And all I did was put Watson fences in front of the only rotate into zone. And they pretty much died to storm walking in. <laughs> and I, we won. I got a couple shots off. I put and, and, we, and, we, and we won that game. It was such a boring dub. Yeah, it was, it was fine. <laughs> and then. Well, you read the room, so, you know. Yeah, and then the rest, the rest was us. Uh, I was trying to get more. Like I said, I'm trying to get my mechanics up, so I'm trying to take fights and make good decisions on characters. Uh, at that point, I was, I think my Gibraltar is solid. Like, I've proven how good my Gibraltar is, so it was me trying to get my Wraith back into, like, fighting form. And so there's a lot of me inting and dying on Wraith going on, because I'm just, like, still getting the hang of things. Mechanics is where I come in. Yeah. He calls out the shots, I shoot the people. I was about one game that was with me and Sean with a random Pathfinder duo. Which is, I think it's one of the finest moments of my mechanics. It was an outlier game for Sean. Because if you look at the stats at the end, it was Sean spent that entire game looting. Because <laughs> 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 like me and the Pathfinder of like 12 kills, or no, I think it was a 15 kill game, me and the Pathfinder were. I don't know the majority of them because he was just aping everything he saw, and I was just me following him with both behind. And so I ended up like, like 200 damage at max. You had 50. <laughs> you had oh. 50. That was what was shocking. <laughs> that was I a was fun game. Dawdling around. Yeah, so it's, that's a me numbers right there. So wait, what? What's 50 mean? Like he, he only, I did 50 damage total the entire game. They did a good thousand plus whatever. Yes. I would just. <laughs> Stay catching up, like wait, wait for me. I, I don't know. Just sounds like look at this rock. It's a rock. I was I shopping, rock, man. He was, <laughs> was, was playing Lifeline. There was not much he could have done with me and the, me and the Pathfinder are inting every fight. I, I just have the one hilarious clip where uh, Avery put a portal into some place where these people are like hunkered down, and they both ran in. And I'm like, is it safe to run in? And I run through the portal. And the bloodhound just has his hand ready to throw a grenade at me as soon as I pop in there. Yikes. So, so I pop off, 
go back to the portal, jump back into the room to go start some shit, and I throw all my grenades. That was that was one of those things that that we lost that match because Chong got a little bit uh, hungry in that room doing that entirely. So I'm saying, I think I said at a certain point, let's not do this. You watch our backs, and the shot in the room just throwing every grenade he has at these people <laughs> stuck in his room. Meanwhile, like I'm dead on the roof here because a full team came out of this ridge. I'm like, we were supposed to be holding. Like I'm. Playing with a, uh, a steady three has made Apex way more enjoyable to me because mm. it allows me, especially with getting Marcus comfortable on Hound and getting Sean to play some meta characters, it helps my 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 fighting a bit more. Wait, 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 wait. Lifeline isn't the meta character? Oh, she hasn't been a meta character since like season one. Mm, yeah. Wow. What about Bangalore? Since, since no. season one. They racist. They racist. On Black History Month too. At that, can you on the lines? I'm gonna send an email to somebody. Yeah. I don't like that at all. <laughs> yeah, but to finish out my thought. Like playing with more meta characters. Like I spend a lot of my time theory crafting around Apex because I watch a lot of comp. So I'm always thinking about synergies and things you can do with different characters and things like that. So like it really helps. I guess like my mechanics. If I can know that, like okay, we don't have to spend 20 minutes rotating we have valkyrie we can instant rotate instantly get zone things like that i'm playing gibraltar which means that sean can play aggro on uh character because yeah because i will always have dome and i will always dome his ass if he gets down to one and he, he might be dead Marcus is playing bloodhound there is no reason we should take a 3v3 and not have information on this team so like there's those things like that but yeah mm. apex is fun new, new season next week new season new me uh, you will probably hear more malden content from maybe williams next week as I deal with the brand new character. <laughs> All right, Marcus. Uh, yeah, just, you know, Apex with the boys here and there, uh, my daily Overwatch. And then I finished my second playthrough of Last of Us 2, and that story still slaps. I love it so much. And yeah, that's Is all I got to say. Them yet, no, I don't care. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't care. I don't play games for a platinum trophy. Thank you, guys, the Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> I will platinum a game every now and then if I feel like it. Like the last game I went out of my way to platinum was Persona 5 Royal. Like I put in time for that game. But outside of that, like I think I did like the Spider-Man platinum and the Ghost Tsushima platinum cuz those are easy platinums. But like I'm just playing Last of Us 2 for the story. I don't really care. So you're platinum the game about statutory rape is what you're telling me? Whoa, hold on. Wait a second. <laughs> wait a, wait a minute. Weren't you able to date the teachers in that game? I oh. dated someone my age. Thank you very much. Thank but you. But you're saying it's possible. Much. You're saying it's programmed into the game. Look, <laughs> a crime. It's <laughs> Japanese culture. They don't operate the way we operate. <laughs> I, I, do believe, I do believe the laws of statutory are different in Japan. I do believe the exactly. Is of age. It's just we in America don't look fondly upon a teenage boy dating a 24, 25 year old. Disgusting. And look, while I was tempted, I did not get with Teacher Kun. Okay, so that's just that's just, <laughs> any, any, any pronounce Kun a little bit differently, please. <laughs> Teacher Kun on Black History Month. Teach. <laughs> I, I believe we would call her Sensei Chan or right. Teacher Sama something guy. <laughs> nah. Teacher Coon. <laughs> I want to point out that Coon is a very masculine honorific. I just want you to be aware of that. It is. You're right. You're right. But not in Black History Month. We don't allow that. 
Look at Marcus being all inclusionary. Dating his <laughs> trans teacher. Ugh. Anyway. Oh, my God. <laughs> they, right. they would never. That, that's one of my least favorite things. They, they'll never put a trans character in Persona. Japan mm-hmm. needs to deal with that. No. <laughs> as great as Persona 5 is, it had some really boneheaded. Oh, yeah. With anything yeah. LGBTQ. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's what I've been playing. All right. Um, yeah, this has been a hefty episode. We, we, we hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoy making it. And again, if you did enjoy this episode, we would appreciate you to, to hit that like button, that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. Um, I'm going to figure out a way of like putting the people who've been subscribing, putting them into the, the podcast in some way, because we're at 80 people or so on our uh, YouTube channel, which is great. Um, we started at zero, as, as many people do. So to go from zero to 80, I'd say real quick, but it wasn't real quick. But it's good. It's good. We appreciate it. So uh, keep helping us help you help us help you. In case you miss any episode, you can find all these other more on our website at pressxnumber2start.com. Um, yeah, with that being said, you, you take care. You be safe. You wash your digits. You be soft. Oh, you be soft. Yeah, you know, you don't have to be hard on Black History Month, you know? Just, it's okay. You must be it's hard okay. at all times in February. <laughs> hard like the liberation. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta break the stereotypes, Marcus. <laughs> it's okay to be oh, sensitive. Marcus, I'm looking at your, your fucking The Last of Us 2 trophies. This planet is so fucking doable. <laughs> I, yeah, you a I bitch, Marcus. I don't, I don't care. I, I do not care. I, can get it. I, I don't care. I just, I don't uh, care. Like the fact that you played the game twice and didn't get it is astounding to me. I don't hey, care. fly to LA and finish his games. <laughs> I, I'll do it. <laughs> oh my you God. can have right. them. I don't care. I don't get any satisfaction from these trophies, man. But hey, with the power of PlayStation, you can do share play. All right, let's yeah, wrap this thing up. I'm tired of this. Yeah. <laughs> Ludo out. All right. <laughs> Ta-ta! <laughs> oh, yeah.